Now, the futures of Justin Matabike and Patrick Queen already set in stone and inevitable with the Baltimore Ravens. We'll talk about that and so much more coming up next on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, coming to you from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for being here, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms for that. So that includes over in video form on YouTube. Hit that like button, the subscribe button over there as well, or in audio form. So anywhere you get your favorite podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the whole nine yards, or five days a week of Ravens content, even in the offseason, no breaks. So Ravens news, analysis, updates, we'll do free agency, we'll do draft. We have it all here for you on Locked On Ravens. So tell a friend, tell a family member we're here for them, or you can send the show to anybody you know here on Locked On Ravens. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus special than any $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We're just about three weeks away from the start of free agency, that legal tampering period where that will be March 11th, and then players can officially sign with their teams or the new teams on March 13th. We've reached a couple of deadline days or at least milestones, mini milestones, I guess, in the offseason with the contract extension deadline that was on Monday. And then you have the franchise tag window actually opening yesterday. I believe that ends March 5th. We're going to be talking about some of the Ravens' own free agents today particularly Justin Matabike and Patrick Queen with Geno Stone sprinkled in as well. I call them the big three. And talking about how their futures, Justin Matabike, Patrick Queen, and Geno Stone, honestly, as well, their futures with the Baltimore Ravens might already be set in stone. It might already be inevitable what happens with those guys. So we'll talk about that both in the first and the second part of the show. Focus more on Justin Matabike and Patrick Queen in the first part, and then Geno Stone went on, went on NFL Network, and we're going to We're going to talk about what he had to say over there. Then we'll get into updates on the Zay Flowers legal situation. Also, Nelson Aguilar as well. I'll just, you know, with the Zay stuff, we'll just talk about the official updates in the case. Again, no speculation from me here. You're not going to get that from me. And then we're going to see about Nelson Aguilar in the terms of his contract. So let's talk about Justin Manabike and Patrick Queen first, what their futures could be. Now, I mentioned the franchise tag that deadline is going to be March 5th. The window opened yesterday, Tuesday. So it's pro- look, it's looking like if I had to bet, if I was if I was on FanDuel and I was saying, right, where where am I betting? What's the future of Justin Matabike going to be? It just seems like they can't let him walk out the door, right? Like there, there's no way the Ravens let Justin Matabike walk out the door. I think the most inevitable option for him is that he gets franchise tagged here. I know that there were some ESPN articles that came out yesterday with, I think it was Matt Bowen who said that the best fit for Justin Matabike was with the Cincinnati Bengals, which again, I would just, oh, I would not like that. I, I, I can't even think about it. But he did say in that article that, look, the Ravens are going to make a strong play for Matabike to be back there. And I think it's going to be more than a strong play. I literally just don't think you can let him walk out the door. That's 13 sacks, interior pass rush. If you're an everyday, you've heard me say this over and over again on the show. 
it is so hard to find consistent interior pass rush nowadays. Even guys like Aaron Donald, right? Those guys are viable. And I'm not saying just Matabike is Aaron Donald, but you know what? He trains with Aaron Donald, and he's one of the better interior pass rushers in this league already. You can't let a guy like that walk out the door. So I think when you're talking about, oh, could Matabike go to Cincinnati? Could he leave here? Could he leave there? I just don't see it. I, th- I think it's set in stone. And again, I'm not guaranteeing anything. I don't want I don't want this to come off as, oh, well, I'm guaranteeing stuff, and I know this, and I know that. Again, this is just pure. This part for me is just, okay, what I think is going to happen or what feels like is going to happen. For me, I think that Matabike stays in Baltimore. I just, again, don't think you can let him walk out of that door. And to me, it gi- it gives you a solid rotation of guys on the defensive line, not only for this year, but then you also look at what could happen for them in the future. I mean, you have Matabike long-term if you re-sign him. Travis Jones looks to be a piece for a long time. I know the Project Washington deal wasn't great in year one. I mean, the deal itself wasn't huge, but still you have pieces. Plus for this year, Michael Pierce is back as well. Matty BK is so good. He's one of your best players on the defensive line. Now the franchise tag number for defensive lineman, Matty BK being a defensive lineman, you know, defensive tackle, that number is $20.9 million. Now it depends on if they want to place the exclusive or the non-exclusive tag on him as well, which obviously we, we know that whole situation with how crazy that Lamar Jackson saga was last off season. So they could do that. But in terms of just the general franchise tag, I, I do think that the Ravens are going to make sure that Medibike does not leave the building. If they do let him leave the building, I think that's malpractice. It, it's organizational malpractice that they let that happen. He's just, he's, he's that good. He's that important to your defense. How do you replace a guy like that? Where does that, re- the, where does that money go? Because you can say all the stuff about, oh, well, they let Medibike go. They'll just use that money to bring in somebody else on the defensive line. Well, that's part of the issue, right? You got to bring in somebody else with that money, and there's no guarantee he's going to be better than what Justin Matabike brings you, especially as Matabike is one of the most young and and -and up-and-coming defensive linemen in this league right now. So it it feels to me, right? I I just have the feeling that Matabike is going to stay in Baltimore. I think that's the right decision, honestly, for everybody. I think Matabike has kind of found himself with the Ravens, and obviously it is a business, right? It definitely is, but the Ravens should hopefully get Justin Matabike back under contract here. At least that's what it feels. That's that's where it feels like it's heading, if we're being honest. And then on the flip side of things, Patrick Queen feels like the opposite is about to happen, right? We've talked about it a lot here on this show before, but with the Ravens paying Roquan Smith what they did, that five-year $100 million contract, it's nothing against Patrick Queen. I'm actually personally a very big Patrick Queen guy. I love the pick out of LSU. It seems like forever ago, you know, four years ago in 2020, which is crazy to think about. We're saying 2020 was four years ago, but he was somebody that needed a couple of years of just getting his feet wet and then really took off starting last season. And obviously continuing that momentum into this past season where he was incredible next to Roquan. But the reality is, look, you're not going to have Patrick Queen, the number that you had. And actually, I forgot to even mention it. I was going to mention it on the top of the show. I didn't do it. We're going to play a game in the second part of the show. We're, we're going to go over. Spotrack has the uh, the valuations, the market value of some guys. are going to be looking at those market values and playing a game of if we think those guys are worth it. We'll also do that on a show either later this week or next week, some point. But you're not going to get Queen at that rookie deal number. He's going to get at least $15 million per season. I wouldn't be shocked if he got 20 or $25 million per season because that's just the way these linebacker contracts are. Roquan Smith, Jermaine Edmonds, you're starting to see those line and there are others as well, but you're starting to see those contracts. So can you justify 
if you're the Ravens paying both Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, let's say Patrick also gets $100 million. If you, can you can you justify for the Ravens paying two inside linebackers, $200 million combined dollars? I, I, I just don't see it. Plus, the Ravens, honestly, were preparing for this moment, right? They declined Patrick Queen's fifth-year option, which I've, I've been very vocal. I thought that was a mistake from the beginning. But I think that now you have Trenton Simpson in there. You knew if you were the Ravens. You're like, all right, why are we drafting Trenton Simpson in the third round? in case something like this happens. Patrick Queen prices himself out of Baltimore. And this 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 has nothing to do with guys like not liking the organization or being unhappy with their roles. But I think Patrick Queen is somebody that can go and thrive. And there, there are all these conversations about, okay, well, Roquan made him so much better. You know, oh, he's a guy that's not going to be anything without Roquan. I don't believe that one bit. I don't believe that whatsoever. I think Patrick Queen can go and lead his own defense. He's learned from Roquan. He's grown into his own. But I just don't see a, a, a scenario where Patrick Queen is back with the Ravens. I'd love it if it happened, right? If Patrick Queen took a, a team-friendly deal that was good for him and good for the organization. Well, look, Patrick, all these guys, Matabike, Queen, Stone, especially the guys from that 2020 draft class, they want to get paid. This is their first shot at a real NFL payday. And they all earned it. They all earned every penny of whatever deal they got. So if we're going to sit here and say, oh, they they should just take the hometown discount and and let the Ravens build that roster, that's something you you aim more towards veteran players, right? More towards guys who haven't got – I mean, look, Geno Stone, and we'll get to him in in a minute here in the second part of the show, but just to kind of tease into that, he was a seventh round player who was drafted in the seventh round. He got cut by the Ravens twice. He didn't know what his NFL future was going to be like. That must it was it was probably hard for him to be like, all right, where am I going now? I'm, I'm cut here, back on the practice squad. Was on the Texans for a little bit. He's going to earn every penny of whatever he gets. And if he's you know, oh, let's take a home down discount here. He's going to say no. And I don't blame him for saying no. I don't blame Patrick Queen for saying no. I don't blame Justin Matabike for saying no. But in terms of those guys, first Matabike and Queen. I feel like if, if I'm just guessing, if I'm giving predictions on what I think the futures are, what the inevitable paths are for those guys here, I think Matabike gets the franchise tag and they have until July to work out that extension. And I think Patrick Queen leaves for somewhere else where he's going to get a big payday and honestly probably take over as the number one linebacker because Patrick Queen was was linebacker too, right? Roquan was the linebacker in Baltimore, but Patrick Queen was one head. It's almost like Batman and Robin, right? Where Patrick Queen has Batman potential, right? He can do it, but Roquan was the Batman and, and Patrick Queen was the Robin. I think Patrick Queen's going to go off and be his own Batman, right? And speaking of that, we'll kind of get into that a little bit with Geno Stone as well. So let's get into that. We'll, we'll come back here on Locked on Ravens and talk about Geno Stone if he is on the way out, talking about what he had to say on NFL Network and a lot more, stay tuned. Plenty to talk about here on Lockdown Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. You can get buckets on your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with $95 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. And you can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. And as the football season is over, no more NFL. The NBA is where it's at in terms of sports right now. Baseball's cut up. The Orioles are going to be really exciting. But on FanDuel, I'm a big Denver Nuggets guy. They've been my team forever. And uh, hey, champions, by the way, 2023 champions. But if you want to bet on Nikola Jokic, that's a pretty safe bet over on FanDuel. Whether you want to do props, take his overs, 
Nikola Jokic is your guy for FanDuel right now. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NBA. We're back our second segment, Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still talking with you here. Be sure to subscribe to the channel here. Follow along in audio form as well, video form on YouTube. It's the same show, both audio and video, so you're not missing out on any content here. A programming note just for what we're going to be doing at the end of this week, the beginning of next week. I've said this before. I'm going to say it for the rest of the week. So, again, if you're an everydayer, you've heard me say this over the course of the week, but we're going to be doing two shows on Friday and one show on Monday. We're going to be doing our regular scheduled programming, 6 a.m. Eastern time on Friday. That'll be the regular show. But then we'll also do a bonus episode on Friday. That'll come out probably around 12 or 1 p.m. Eastern time. The reason being, and, and then we're going to do the Monday show, it'll be out in audio form probably around 12 p.m. And it, YouTube video will be the same time it comes out at 6 a.m. We're, we're transitioning here on the network how we have our podcast distributed. So we're not going to have access to the distributor of how our shows get out in audio form from about Friday to Friday, like evening ish to Monday afternoon. So the show, we will not have access. I'll, I won't have access to put the show out at 6am when we usually do it. So the show, if you want to get an early release of that or the regular release of that, you can watch it on YouTube, but then the show in audio form will come out. So I know that was really complicated along along with an explanation. But again, show Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern. Show Friday, 12 or 1 p.m. Eastern. Those will be out at the same times. Then for Monday, show in video form out at 6 a.m. And show in audio form out at probably 12 or 1 p.m. Eastern time. So thanks for listening to that. Let's talk about football now. Geno Stone. This is another guy, again, I say Justin Matabike, Patrick Queen, Geno Stone are my big three in terms of free agents for the Ravens. Not that they don't have other talented guys out there. You know, we, we've talked a lot about guys like Kevin Zeitler, Davian Clowney, Ronald Darby, Arthur Millette, Kyle Van Noy, et cetera, et cetera, Odell. But Geno Stone is somebody, and again, we teased it at the end of that first segment, he's earned every bit of whatever payday is coming his way. He went on NFL Network and talked a little bit about – his future, his free agency, what to expect and what he's expecting. And he was asked about, well, what are you looking for? And where do you want to go in terms of the role, the money, et cetera? And he said, he said, quote, Baltimore is always home, but business is business. I just want to be somewhere where I'm appreciated, who wants me, and for me to be a starter wherever it may be. So look, there are a couple of things in there. I just want to break it down first. For a lot of these guys, Baltimore is home. Like they love the organization. They love their teammates, the coaches, the culture, everything, you know, the winning, the winning organization, all those different qualities. But a business is a business just as much as it's a business for the owners and, the, and you know, the general managers, the coaches. It's a business for the players and the players have to look out for themselves and what's best for them in their careers. And with the salary cap, even if it, if, if it increases, which I think the rumors are is going to be right around 250 million, if I'm not mistaken, which is an increase for a guy like Geno Stone. Again, someone who didn't necessarily know what his football future was going to be after getting cut by the Ravens twice his rookie season, worked his way up and filled in for Marcus Williams when he was hurt these past couple of seasons. He's going to be a starter. The Ravens cannot offer him that right now because they have the Williams, the Marcus Williams deal, and they have the Kyle Hamilton deal. Now there's been a lot of controversy on the Marcus Williams contract it was a five-year, $70 million contract. He had missed, I think, five games in five years with the Saints. Maybe it was six games in five years. He's missed a lot more than that. I think that the production when he's on the field and healthy, I just I don't think it was healthy the entire season. Essentially, he was playing with about one arm or one and a half arms this whole past season. 
But when he was healthy that first two or three game run before he got injured in 2022, he, he was picking off quarterbacks. He, he was doing everything. But you can't offer Geno Stone a starting role with both Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamels on your roster. Geno Stone played, we talk about that Batman Robin, Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton, those are your starters. Those are your Batman, essentially. And then Geno Stone could come in and that that emergency duty, right? Come in and, and be the, the Robin to take the pressure off. Okay, Batman's down. One of these Batman, Batman is down. All right, Robin coming in to save the day here. And so Geno, again, deserves to go out there. He's rangy, good ball skills. So, someone's going to pay him some money. And so I think that Geno Stone, it's inevitable that out of those big three, I think Matabike is the only one that stays. I think both Queen and Geno Stone go. And we're going to be – let's play that game now. I'm excited for this. So, again, on Track, you, you can check out their website. For some of the players, they have market value. So, essentially, what they predict the players and their market values are going to be, usually it's the ones that have the highest value or the biggest name players. So, we're just going to go down the list and we'll, we'll do the big three first. So, Justin Matabike, his market value, his average annual salary projected – is $20.3 million. So four years, $81.2 million for that deal. I expect, and we can play the over-under game with this, I expect Matabike to get over that, whether it is on the franchise tag or whether it, you know, it's just an extension. But I expect if it's an extension, that cap hit will probably be lower than 20.3. They're probably going to make that deal backloaded. So in terms of average annual salary, I expect him to be more in the, 22 to 26 million dollar range annually but i would expect the first year cap hit of an extension to be low so some of these other contracts they also have comparable contracts which i think was really cool quinn williams signed four years 96 million jeffrey simmons four for 94 deron Payne four for 90 and dexter lawrence four for 87 and all those guys were 25 when they signed Matabike's 26. So I think, you know, I guess the extra years factored in. But I think Matabike is going to get a little more than that 20.3. And in the comments, you know, if, if you're on YouTube or you want to you shoot me a, a tweet on Twitter or on Instagram, CashRecord34, you want to send me a DM, DM over there as well, you, you can you can give your pick, right, higher or lower on some of these guys. For Patrick Queen, his market value, $18.5 million. So they have him valued at five years, 92. Six ish million dollars. This is about fair. I could see him maybe at 19 million. Now, the reason I had him at 25 annually was if that's a four year contract. I think his value money wise is going to be in that 90 to 100 million dollar range. Now, is that a four year deal at 24 to 25 million? Is that a five year deal at 19 to 20 million? So I expect Queen to get around that contract. But again, I don't think the Ravens can pay that. Roquan got his five years, 100 million. Fred Werner, five for 95. I didn't even realize Jermaine Edmonds was, I thought Jermaine Edmonds was up in the 90s. Jermaine Edmonds was four for 72, and CJ Mosley was five for 85. So, yeah, I, I can see between Fred Werner and Jermaine Edmonds, and that's where Spotrack has him right now. I, I think that's a fair valuation at 18.5 annually for five years. I think that's about what Patch Queen can get, but unfortunately, I just don't think that's going to be in Baltimore. Do you know Stone's market value here? 7.2, three years, 21 million. I think it's going to be higher than that. I do. They have the Juan Thornhill deal, three for 21 here. Malik Hooker, Julian Love, Terrell Edmonds. I mean, I think Gino Stone's better than every player on that list. 
I even, you know, I think Juan Thornhill versus Geno Stone could be a conversation. I'm a big Juan Thornhill guy. Maybe I'd take Juan Thornhill. I'm not sure. But to me, I thought that Thornhill deal deal was a steal. I think he's better than Malik Hooker. I think he's better than Julian Love. He's definitely better than Terrell Edmonds. I think Stone might get in the the $10 million annual range. I think he could 10 to 11. Maybe you're looking at three for 33, three for 36 if you get 12 annually. I think that's what it could be. Now, it's, it's only been one year of production. Well, one and a half, I'll say, of production for Geno Stone. But I don't know. I feel like, for me, Stone is going to get over that $7.2 million, at least in my opinion. And we're going to come back in the final part of the show. I'm, I'm having fun doing this game. We're going to come back in the final part of the show. We're going to be finishing up this game with guys like Odell Beckham Jr., Gus Edwards, and more. So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty to talk about on this episode of Lockdown Ravens. We're back with our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still talking with you here on this minute condition of the show. Thanks so much again for being here. I really appreciate it. We're building really awesome communities on Locked On Ravens. In video form on YouTube, you can hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. It helps out a ton with just getting the show in front of more Ravens fans, getting more people in the comments and in the community as well. And it really helps out subscription-wise. Hit 6K about a month ago. And we're, we're aiming for seven. And when, and when we hit 10,000, I'm wearing a full cup suit for a week straight. So that should be fun. Audio form. I really appreciate the audio community. That's where we started off. Audio was the first. We were in audio for about two, two and a half years. Then we switched over to audio and video. So my audio listeners really, really appreciate you guys. Then we have the subtext community. That's a way to get bonus Ravens coverage, bonus Ravens content for me, a way to support me and this channel. If there's a link in the description, there will be one in the YouTube description and audio as well as so you can check that out. And then also Twitter, right? We're almost to 32,000 followers there. Really, really appreciate all the people out there. Follow me on Twitter and also Instagram. We're, we're starting that up again. I, I didn't have one. I decided to start it up in the off season. So if you want to follow me at cash record 34, you can do that as well. We really appreciate a follow over there as we try to build that up. Let's continue our game, though. We did Patrick Queen, Justin Matabike, and Geno Stone. And again, this is a Spotrack game where they have market values. We predict whether they're going to get more or less than what they have here. Odo Beckham Jr., let's start with him. They have him at $11.9 million. It's a one-year deal for $11.9 million. I think he's going to get less than that. Now, Odo signed for, it was $18 million, 15 guaranteed. But I think for Odell, it's... I see maybe like one year, 9 million, one year, 10 million, one year. This would be essentially a $12 million deal. I think it's going to be more in the nine, anywhere from the eight to $10 million range for one year, as opposed to 11 to 12. So not a huge difference, but I, I still think that for me, that that's a little much for Odell was a great veteran presence. The production, I think the, this, the box score stats don't tell the whole story, but it was not $15 million worth of production. I think if Odo signs somewhere, whether it's Baltimore or somewhere else, you get that $8 million in production. I think that's that's more fair for a guy like Odell. Gus Edwards, the running back market is very interesting. They have Gus at $3.6 million right now. One year is $3.6. I think that's fine. Comparable contracts for Mark Ingram, Jamal Williams, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert got two years, $5.6 million. So I could see Gus getting around maybe two to four million annually, whether that's one year or two year. I think two is a little low for him. Maybe I'll go three to four, but Gus is still a, a good player. He's going to be 29 when the season starts. So again, if you're talking like running back years, I still think isn't fair. But if you're talking that, 
maybe a little old, but I still think Gus can help a team out, whether it's in Baltimore or somewhere else. Two more guys left here. We'll start with the other running back in J.K. Dobbins. Two-year, three, or no, it's a two-year deal, excuse me, worth $2.1 million. It, so it's annual 2.1. You get 4.3 total on that deal. That's such, I just feel like that's such a steal for J.K., but I don't think he's going to come back. I mean, I just think it's time for a fresh start for both J.K. and the Ravens. It pains me to say, but it, it, it just, I think it's time. I think J.K. might want a fresh start from the place he suffered so many injuries from, and the Ravens, you know, might just not want to give him what what he wants, essentially. I think that's maybe where it's going there. And lastly, let's, let's do Jadavian Clowney. It's the last guy with a market value here over on Track, and they have him at $7.2 million. So Jadavian got a really nice deal with the Ravens for the Ravens. It was still for Baltimore. I think Clowney will get anywhere from six to $8 million, six to $9 million, maybe ten on with it's a one-year $10 million deal. That's on the high end. It was a $2.5 million deal for Jadavian last season. He's obviously going to break the bank in terms of that deal. So seven is, I think, fair. I think it's fair. I mean, I'd, I'd bring him back at that price personally. One of the two, Kyle Van Noy or Jadavian Clowney, depending on who you value more. I know some people are more on the Jadavian Clowney train, others more on the Kyle Van Noy train. So that was fun. That was a fun game. It'll be interesting to see how those uh, those market values end up coming to fruition over the course of the off season as we get into free agency. And that, again, that's cut, that is creeping up on us. We're going to have a lot of stuff planned here on locked on Ravens for free agency, especially once we start getting into the initial tampering period there as well. But we also have some updates, a few updates on Ravens wide receivers. We'll round out the show with that. Now, when it comes to stuff like this, again, I'm not going to speculate. I'm just going to read out what, what, what happened here. So Zay flowers, the investigation is closed. The Baltimore County Police closed the investigation. There essentially was, the, if I'm putting this out correctly, the investigation got suspended on the 16th of February and was closed yesterday. And so essentially, this is what is in the article. I'm going to literally read it exactly from the article. It says, a woman showed up to the Acton Police Department in Massachusetts last month to report a violent domestic incident involving an NFL player in Owings Mill. She told police the suspect's brother threw a firearm, according to police records released on Tuesday. She declined to identify the NFL player or seek further action from law enforcement officers wrote. Instead, she questioned police about what would happen if she filed a report. She told the officers it was a really bad 10 minutes, but she hadn't been scared since, according to police records. She also told them he has too much to lose and that he is too smart to do something like that. So this was both the case in Massachusetts and in Baltimore. And again, this was closed by the Baltimore County Police without charges. So there were no charges filed against Zay Flowers here. Now, that doesn't mean that this is a closed investigation. According to Jeff Rebeck, the, the, there's an NFL spokesperson and I'm going to pull up what, what Jeff had to say here quickly. But for here we go. It says Baltimore County Police released a report now on one call involving investigation. NFL spokesperson says the NFL is monitoring all developments in the matter, which remains under review. So the NFL is still reviewing everything here. I'm not going to speculate on what happened and what didn't happen. I'm just going to report the facts here. The case is closed. According to the Baltimore County Police, was suspended on the 16th. It is still, I guess, open, if you want to use that word, in the NFL circle. So we'll see if that results in any further action, any discipline, whatever it is. 
But that was the latest update on the Zay Flowers situation. Again, I don't want to speculate, go into any any details and try to say, oh, well, this is what I think happened. That's just not respectful to the situation. And, you know, I think it, it doesn't help anybody if I speculate not knowing anything other than what's in the article. So I read what's in the article. That is the latest update on Zay Flowers in that situation. And then we have an Nelson Aguilar update. Nelson Aguilar signed or re-signed with the Ravens over the weekend, late into the weekend, actually. And we finally got the details of the deal. According to Arimirov, it was a one-year deal. We knew that already, but it's $3.75 million for Nelson Aguilar. So for those who don't remember, Nelson Aguilar signed a $6 million deal last offseason with the Ravens. And I think that was, <laughs> for. I know that 375 plus yards and four touchdowns is not going to blow you away, but he was a solid veteran presence, somebody that Lamar Jackson clearly trusts and, and really ingrained himself here in Baltimore and with the Ravens organization seems to really love the culture of the organization. So just seems like a natural fit. And I'm very interested because it was just the base of what it was just the base 3.75 million. I'm going to be interested to know if there are any other triggers in that contract or if there are any incentives in that contract. So was it a one year deal up to 3.75 or are there incentives and things that Nelson Aguilar can actually do to get up to that 3.75 or if there's anything you need to do to get past that $3.75 million. So there's just, there's just so much going on. I know it's the off season and we're kind of getting ready for the big stuff with the free agency and the draft, but we kind of have to go over things like with Justin Matabike and, and Patrick Queen, Geno Stone. Plus we're going to get into some free agent fits for the Ravens as the week rounds out here from outside the organization. That'll be fun to kind of speculate. I know that some those Derek Henry rumors have been swirling around. So I'll get into all that and a lot more here on Lockdown Ravens. That's all I have for you here today on the show. I really appreciate you again tuning in, whether you're an everydayer. Thank you for tuning in. As always, if it's your first time in, welcome into the show. Hopefully you enjoyed the content. We do this five days a week on Locked on Ravens, plus bonus episodes. We go live after every piece of Ravens big news. So if the Ravens do decide to sign Just Matabika to the franchise tag or tag them there, we will go live after that. Also, we go live after every single Ravens game, so be sure to turn notifications on. Obviously, that's not happening for a little bit, unfortunately, but we'll do that as well. And if you're somewhere in the middle, thank you for tuning in again. Welcome back to the show. Subscribe in audio form. Subscribe in video form. Again, it really helps out. Be sure to stay tuned for tomorrow. We have a lot coming up. We'll be talking more Ravens, of course. Stay tuned with us. See you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.